the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb from the Harvest Foundation, and today you've joined me and we're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. So what is The Kingdom and Its Stories? The Kingdom, of course, is God's, and the stories are about people, about you and me, and how we go out to love our neighbor, how we are Jesus' hands and feet, how we show people Jesus Teaching people about Jesus, teaching people about his word is essential. We're instructed to do it, but also to show Jesus as well. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's about reaching out to our neighbor, reaching out to those in need. And today we're blessed to have uh, a friend, a friend whose name's Jeff, Jeff Bisgrove. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julian. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jeff, uh, tell us, first of all, uh, just a little bit about yourself, and, uh, and then we'll move into the uh, Arizona Neighborhood Transformation. Um, okay. So I'm about <laughs> 60 years old, and um, for most of that, I'm a, I spend most of that time getting educated, um, getting a bunch of master's degrees in science and engineering, and going to work for a well, at the time, a very small company in the middle of nowhere, which happened to grow into a bigger company called Intel. <laughs> uh, and I spent about 25 years there uh, working up through management. Um, and along the way, um, I found Jesus. And Jesus started asking me questions about what I was really doing with my life. And so long about, uh, about 12 years ago, I left Intel and uh, left my career there and decided to start working with my uh, friends in Guadalupe, among other places. But uh, most of my time is spent with my friends in Guadalupe, Arizona. So that's what I've been doing for the last decade. So you had a, a successful business in, in a career in business, and then um, Jesus um, struck into your life and said, hey, Jeff, you're doing well. Well done. Good for you. Um, but, but are you... Um, are you uh, really meeting, doing everything with your life that will completely fulfill you? And uh, and so at that point, um, did you start Arizona Neighborhood Transformation? Or um, You know, so what happened is, you know, actually Jesus didn't say good job. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going through some period of time at, at the work where I was questioning what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't fun. And he said, okay, come follow me. So I didn't know what I was doing when I left. 
Um, but I got to know a few people. I met a few people along the way, folks you might know, like uh, Terry Dalrymple and Stan Rowland, uh, people who do a lot of community health evangelism, neighborhood transformation around the world. And I started hanging out with them. And lo and behold, I've been work. My wife and I've been working in Guadalupe, but we never really thought to organize it or do it anything other than just having friends and being and, and being in our lives of our friends in Guadalupe. And so after a few years, we decided to be more structured about it and actually formed a nonprofit and focused our work down there around, you know, the philosophy of community health evangelism or neighborhood transformation. And so we founded Arizona Neighborhood Transformation, and we work in Guadalupe predominantly, but I also work with, you know, people doing similar work around the valley. So so to, to put this into terms that I can understand, you know, what what is it that you do do you know arizona neighborhood uh transformation what, what what's your what's your goal what's your mission so our you know our goal is to is to be jesus in the community to, to to be the presence of jesus in the community and help the community grow closer to jesus and out of poverty um that's you know that's our tagline um so we do whatever the community wants hmm. um so, you know, like, you know, with Che and NT, it's listen to the community, develop relations in the community, find out what the people in the community really want, what they're willing to do, and then join them in it and help them do it, help them do what they want. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the last, oh, you know, decade or more down there. Mm. Um, and it has become so right now. So that that's the broad brush. Uh in, com- in poor communities in the United States, the two biggest the two biggest holes is lack of education and lack of jobs. Huh. Um, so the people down there, it's no no wonder that our our work takes an education thrust. We do after school tutoring. We do a preschool. We're now working with young adults to help them in adulting to make that transition from high school into jobs and a car and a life and, you know, the things that uh, a lot of us take for granted, but are really very difficult for people in situations in Guadalupe. So I love what you said. You you say that you go into a community, but then you don't dictate what you do in that community. You know, it's not sort of, uh, <clears throat> you know, you don't sort of arrive with a red cape, you know, like super, super foundation is here. You go in and, and you, and you, and you, you you allow them to assess the needs within their community and then ask for for you to walk alongside with them. Is that is that correct? It is. So um, I, I I came to know I came to Jesus in two thousand, and my priest at the time said, "Okay, now that you know Jesus, uh, you need to go out." And I said, "I guess so if I have to." <laughs> he says, "Well, we're doing some work in Guadalupe, so go down there." And so I started doing some work in Guadalupe with a bunch of other people at that time. And, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to go fix things down there. Um, I know how to fix things. I get paid a lot of money at Intel to fix things. I'm going to go down there and fix things. You know, in a few years down there, meeting the kids and the families, you know, I, I, I grew to love them. And I also, God broke my heart and said, you can't fix this. This is not you. I don't want you to fix this. I want you to be with my people here. Um, and so that's really what we try to do, to be there, to talk to them, to help understand them, develop relationships with them, and then 
you know, what is God doing there and what do, you know, how can we make, how can we help them be the people that God made them to be? Mm. That's profound in a way, isn't it? Because, you know, often we do, and I think we were discussing uh, yesterday, you and I, how, you know, at least in certain certain areas within the Western world, there's this concept of, uh, okay, you know, let's go in and uh, we'll we'll sort this out, you know, and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll follow this plan. And lo and behold, and Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 you know, 10 out of 10 for uh, passion, you know, but uh, actually I'm leading the way. You're stepping into my mission. You know, this is my mission, my way of reaching out and communicating and touching the people within this area and uh, i'd like you to come along for the ride and i'll use you if you're obedient you know and and uh it's just seeing the results that can happen when we step forwards uh yet behind jesus christ and let him lead uh so so give give us some you already have given us some examples you know about um this uh, Montessori uh, preschool is is that correct? And uh, so, so you, uh, I know you you work alongside uh, Miss Marina, who's uh, you know a valuable uh, lady within the organisation. And um, and and as so it tells a little bit more about how what why you started a school. Um, yeah, Miss Marina is, is is very powerful. I'm you know I'm not Yaki. The Guadalupe is populated not by a lot of people think it's Mexican. It's actually Native Americans from Mexico. So mm. close, but no cigar. Um, <laughs> but it's very Native American. It's, it's it's a Native American population. And um, so I work with Marina. Marina's lived in that neighborhood all her life. She loves that neighborhood, um, and she's got a great heart for the people there. And I've worked with Marina. For going on two decades now, um, I tell people we're not just good friends. We've raised kids together uh, because that's the truth. Um, and, and we so we started doing tutoring. And what we found in tutoring is the kids would come into tutoring after they were exhausted and failing. And, you know, working with the kids, we, we would help them as much as we could. But working with them, we found out that basically, you know, unless a kid is reading at third grade level in third grade, they're pretty doomed in our educational system. Mm. They're not going to be able to keep up. Somewhere along the way, the gap is going to keep growing, and they're going to get to a point where they throw in the towel and they quit, or they're going to get thrown out, or they're going to get distracted, or you know. Um, and so, it really is key um, that kids learn at third grade. Kids can, if they can read at third grade level, at third grade, they can keep up. If they don't. This big hole keeps growing. So we that's when we started working with the family families there to form a preschool. Because when we formed the preschool, there were no preschools in Guadalupe. Um, <clears throat> free preschools. Uh, folks down there really can't afford to send their kids to, you know, paid preschool. So um, we started a preschool to try to help kids get that foundation and help the parents develop a foundation of reading with the kids early on that is absolutely foundational so that they can actually pass that hurdle, read at third grade level at third grade and go on and, and um, be successful in the education system and, you know, and, and careers after that. Cause I, I was watching uh, one of the videos you have on your website and uh, there were some uh, volunteers uh, who were there and uh, they seemed by the way, to be getting uh as much out of their volunteer, you know, them volunteering as the people who were receiving. So, um, but it, it seems as well that there was, I was looking at one situation where there was this, uh, it doesn't matter who, but 
he was uh, gaining um, more than just learning English, more than just learning you know, the, the mathematics and so forth, but that there was someone there who wished to journey with them, someone there. you know. So do you find that element as well, both ways, of course, of of uh, this, this worth coming through relationship? Ab- absolutely. The, the, the relationship is key. And, you know, the people, you know, working with our, my friends down there, they, there's, there's an education transfer, yes, but there's also, you know, other things. So much uh, in Guadalupe, you read the statistics and, you know, half the kids won't graduate high school. But an even more damning statistic is less than 5% of the people have any level of college, mm. which is dramatically different than our culture at large in Phoenix. So th- th- these, fo- these kids grow up, you know, um, not understanding, you know, that there's other things out there, that there is college and careers beyond being a landscaper. So that comes across you you share hopes and dreams the folks in guadalupe are incredibly family oriented mm. it is central to to who they are mm. and you get that out of you know that's what I, you know they help me understand and 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 see the value of family um so yes there the, this cross sharing of of values and cross sharing of life experiences is very important because you know Guadalupe they tend to be very is a tends to be a very insular environment like many Native American populations around the country um, so helping cross pollinate those kind of experiences and cultures is vital. <clears throat> you know I, I I haven't been in the U.S. for uh, well I guess I've been in here for quite a while now but. I've always been, you know, amazed and uh, somewhat envious about how how well uh, their communities are, how well they bond together. You know, they they, they celebrate things together. You know, it's um, so it's really something that we we can, or well, one of many things that we can learn from them. And Jeff, what 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 have you learned from serving uh, in Guadalupe from uh, the neighborhood transformation? What have you learned? How has this experience transformed, changed you? Um, you know, it's it. You know, it really has helped me transform my value of my, my understanding of worth. You know, I'll, sh- I'll share a little, a quick little story with you, um, Julia. When I when I was still working at Intel, you know, long around two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, I was working one December trying to figure out what my goals were for the next year. And my organization that I ran at Intel was a service organization and it delivered value. Its value wasn't in products, but it was value is supporting the company do products. And so we were kind of measured by how much value we returned to the company, how much money we saved, how much extra product we helped, those kind of things. And so we literally were measured each year by how much money. And I was sitting there measuring how many millions of dollars I had delivered this year and therefore how many more millions of dollars I wanted to add next year to grow my career, to do better. I mean, you know, so I did, you know, X number this year. Well, how do I do 20 X plus 20 percent next year? And I was sitting there and and God finally broke in and said, look, what do you think I care about? that you give Intel another hundred million or 500 million or a billion dollars, or you help one person come closer to me. You know, you really can't say much to that. 
you know, and, and really that's kind of the transformation that I feel in myself. My, it, the world gives you one set of values, but really those that set of values is not what God has for us. And the folks in Guadalupe help me ground that every day to what is really important today um, in, in the scheme of things, not what some other cultural aspect says I should be focused, my, I'm focusing my time, talent, and treasure on. Because <clears throat> someone, you know, or myself, let's just say me, could say to you, Jeff, look, you know, you studied all those degrees. Now, those degrees don't come cheap. You know, they're, they're expensive. So you put in a lot of time, a lot of treasure and talent uh, in order to finally get a great job at a great organization. Uh, I don't know how much you were making. I don't I don't care, but probably quite a bit. And uh, so, Jeff, you know, you, you, you've, you've done your time. You know, you, you, you studied, you got your degrees, uh, you've worked hard, you got your money. Why are you not, you know, sitting by the pool sipping margaritas? Why are you going out? Because I'm sure t- time that you spend with people, I know for a fact being a pastor can sometimes be agonizing. You're drawn into to people's lives, you know, and like our lives, our own lives, but other people's lives. They're not, it's, it's not all like, uh, it's not all a trip to Hawaii. You know, there's problems going on. There's, there's agony, there's pains, there's hurts. Jeff, why don't you buy a pool? Um... You know, I, I, I just I just can't I, I, I can't I can't answer that. I, I can't answer why I just um, I really get I really enjoy my time, not from a surface pleasure standpoint in Guadalupe. Like you said, it's it can be a pain in the neck a lot of times. Um, but I the the. The fulfillment and, and 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 just working with my friends down there and and seeing despite life's worst curveballs that you know that God God is working down there and God is growing his kingdom down there. Um it's just it's just it's it's enjoyable to be part of that. Um despite the you know the the the, the pain of the work sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I was uh, reading about in the Beatitudes, and um, you know they were talking about uh, you know obviously the, the blessed is the this, blessed is the that, you know, and you sort of like well, well you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, what does that mean? You know, so you like you're digging down into into the scriptures to understand, you know, and it really speaks of you know blessed is the man who has found freedom in service to God, you know. You know, blessed, a sense of well-being, a sense of peace, a sense of uh, connectivity with God is found when serving other people. You know, that complete paradox from uh, from what some might say, the ways of the world. Look after, look after number one, look after Julian, you know, and um, and all the sort of the, the ball balls, all the trappings of life that, that, that will uh, make me happy. It's kind of like, well, you, you can if you want, and there's nothing wrong with having, you know, material goods, but... Uh, if you want true freedom, if you want true connectivity, uh, it is in service to God. Um, now, Jeff, I want to ask a little bit more. Well, before I do, I'm getting the nod. You're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb. Today, we're blessed to have uh, a friend named Jeff. Jeff, who's working uh, for the Arizona or with Neighborhood Transformation. 
So going back to uh, the organization, the Neighborhood Transformation, um, your concept is that you – uh, you, you you visit a community, say in this example Guadalupe, and uh, what do you what do you do? I, I hear about um, was it capital assessments or um, you, you go in and, and you and you find the the, the blessings, the, the the elements of the uh, culture, uh, what 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 they already have, and and you work to help them uh, identify and assess needs within their community. And how you can not not solve the problem for them, but come alongside them and aid them is that is that what you do in a nutshell? That that that's in a in a nutshell. We we don't look at what's missing in a community. Um, we look at what's there, and then what is also in every community are the hopes and dreams of what the community wants to do to improve itself. Mm. So you build on that. And, and so, uh, have you have you been in other places, or is Guadalupe uh, the, the the main place that you're focusing on? It's the main place I focus on. I work with some other people around this around the city that are doing similar kind of work in, in their neighborhoods. Because I know I know with um, cities as well, you know, it's where where everybody is. You know, like like a Phoenix, for instance, metropolitan, whatever we are now, five point five million, whatever it is. You know, it's a mass, a large group of people. But cities can often be some of the loneliest places on earth. You know, is that old, uh, you know, adage, you know, uh, in a crowded room, but completely lonely, you know. And so, um, you know, how how has uh, how how would neighborhood transformation uh, help just uh, thinking outside of Guadalupe? You know, say for me, for instance, or someone listening, how can they be involved in transforming their community? You can do this anywhere. I mean, the whole the neighborhood transformation is different, differs in from community health evangelism, which is used in rural third world communities, mainly around the aspect that you just mentioned, cities. Um, the, the industrialized world, like the United States, is very urbanized, <clears throat> highly, highly urbanized. Um, <clears throat> and, and that means... In an urban context, the first thing you have to do is actually build some community. If you go to a, a village in Kenya and you walk into the village, you're already meeting a community. That community has been together for generations. So there's already a, there is already a community there that you can work with. In the United States and cities, you actually have to build community. And that's actually your first step. So... Um, so you can do that anywhere. You can, you know, we tell people, hey, you know, you do barbecues in the backyard. Well, why don't you just do a barbecue in your front yard on the cul-de-sac? Invite your neighbors over to it. Um, get to know your neighbors. Uh, you know, Arizona is the land of garage doors where they open, you drive in, they close. And, we, you know, garage doors and block walls. You know, we don't know our neighbors. And, um so get to know your neighbors, uh, you know, do things like, you know, to do something in your front yard. You know, you, you could do a barbecue. Um, you can do all kinds of events just to get to know your neighbors. Just start to talk to them. Mm. Uh, that's the simplest way to start doing it and find out what they like and what they might want to change about their community um, as you as you move further down the relationship scale. Great. So, uh pray i step out and uh find out you know how you can relate to people within within your community and 
Um, I, I would love to say that I'm excellent at that, but that would be a lie. Uh, so, but I, there have been some rare occasions, you know, where, where I have, you know, and um, you just just the way meet, meeting with people, under, you know, hearing their stories and uh, and and also the connectivity. It's like you know, I remember chatting with one neighbour, and they knew someone else that I knew, completely unrelated, and so the community grows, and so. You know, helping one another out, you know, um, just in simple ways, but bringing that community together. But, Jeff, we have about uh, one minute. There's two things I want to achieve in this time. One, what is your website? What's the address? AZNeighborhoodTransformation.com. It's a long one, but if you just Google Arizona Neighborhood, it'll pop up. Um, That's what I do. You know, that's, that's what I do. So that's our website. Okay, so aznneighborhoodtransformation.com. And what what would you say um, to me, to people who are listening, who are, well, you know, Jeff seems to be a bit of a powerhouse. You know, I mean, he's he's, he's got more degrees than uh, I've had hot meals and so forth. You know, he's been successful in business. He's the sort of person who can reach out and launch, uh, do these sorts of things, but not me. No, no, no. I'll be a cheerleader for Jeff, but, you know, there's nothing I can do in my community. What would you say to them? In under 30 seconds, what would you say to them? Use the gifts that God gave you where you are. Um, If that's cheerleading, then cheerlead. Um, But don't underestimate what you can do. Um, It's not that difficult to step out and get involved with something. Well, great. You hear that? It's not that difficult. So step out. I'm talking to myself. Step out. Find out the needs within your community and find out how you can meet them. You're listening to the kingdom and its stories. Bless you as you go to serve the Lord. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.